millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to 15 Days of Festive Fear, day number five. And I have one story for you today and the story comes from the 20th of August, 2023. And our story comes from Jenny. I do feel a little more versed than the average person with my experiences of death and the human psyche, as I've worked in the ER for the past 13 years. But I certainly don't pretend to know anything about the afterlife or after consciousness as we break free from our material bodies. I thought sharing a few of my stories seemed appropriate as to pay it forward. I lost my best friend Kate when we were 19 to a car accident. She was the life of the party, so full of never-ending energy and a beautiful soul inside and out. Immediately after she passed, we could tell she was in limbo. At her house, she would flicker the lights with fervour as if she was responding to our conversations and answering questions. I, her family and other friends all experienced her afterlife light communications until one day, after the funeral, she was gone. About four years later, I had become deathly ill overnight with a kidney infection. I was septic when I arrived at the hospital and stayed for three days. My boyfriend Josh never left my side. When I got home, I frailly got into the bathtub and thought about what I had just been through and I thought about Kate. I looked up at the overhead light and said, Well, are you going to talk to me? And the light flickered purposefully and she was back in my time of need. I cried with sorrow and relief, a juxtaposition of emotions as I missed her so much and that she had obviously been there the whole time, then gave me the reassurance that I needed. Then she was gone again. A few years later, I too lost the first love of my life, Josh. We were in our early 20s when we met and fell in love quickly. He was the kind of man everyone was drawn to, such charisma with a heart of gold. There was not a person who didn't like him, and he made everyone he spoke to feel heard and special. He was diagnosed with a rare stage 4 paediatric cancer, and fought the fight like a champ for a year, until ultimately, cancer won. So strange for a young man his age to contract this type of cancer. I'm sure they are still studying his tissue samples in the ongoing research today. My afterlife death experiences with him are always comforting. Of course, I miss him madly, as we are confined to our own dimensions at this point in time, but I know I will see him again. When we were talking of his impending death, I said to him, please send me a sign if you can. I figured if Kate could do it, then surely he could too. 
We had read stories of other loved ones sending personal signs in preparation for the inevitable. So we decided a single white rose would be it. Well, he passed, and no white rose. Of course, we didn't know the practicalities or stipulations of the afterlife, but no white rose, no sign at all. And I was heartbroken again. Perhaps because Kate's life was ripped away in an instant with her energy so strong, she was able to manipulate those lights. While Josh's passing was a slow, drawn-out process, his energy snuffed out in the end. A peaceful, planned transition, as opposed to a violent one. Truly compelling, as I've often pondered this. Of course, there are times when I'm thinking of him, or her, and a certain song comes through my shuffle or the radio. What appears to be a common practice that many have experienced. But these next few instances are just too coincidental to not believe. Dare I say signs? Signs that we did not agree upon, but much needed at the time. Firstly, while Josh and I were together, he had bought me two beautiful and simple rings which I picked out and adored, as us kids were not made of money. The first ring was given to me on my birthday, white gold with a small chip diamond in the middle as part of the band. There were no prongs to showcase the minute detail of the diamond and I loved it, as it reminded me of a belt buckle on my finger. The second ring was for our anniversary, another white gold with a row of small diamonds in the band and they kind of matched on purpose. I liked to wear them, stacked together on my middle finger. After he passed, I decided to bind them together so I would never lose one or the other. I took them to the jewellery store where we bought them to have it done. A simple procedure. Bond the rings only. Well, when I went to pick them up, to my surprise, a large carrot diamond with prongs had been placed on the ring where the initial solitaire chip was. It looked like an engagement ring with a wedding band. I was speechless. There was no written order or price upgrade approval for this dramatic change. I instantly smiled because I knew this was not a mistake. I even tried it on just to see what it felt or looked like in that moment. I knew it was him. You see, we weren't married, but our love and friendship were just understood by the two of us. But in that moment, he did ask. What a wonderful surprise. The jeweller had no explanation for this change, and I did have them reverted back to the original. I talked to Josh often, especially in times of need. After his death, I ran away from Arizona and moved to LA for school. I was commuting downtown via subway at times because the traffic is ungodly, and I had already been rear-ended after a brief time living there. But I only took it during the day, As a single lady, I am always on high alert and try not to put myself in any unsafe environments or situations. I finished classes mid-afternoon and took the subway home with a fair amount of other commuters. As I descended down the stairwell to the platform, I realised a homeless man that I had just made eye contact with had immediately started following me. His eyes were intense and the vibes were not good. My gut was screaming that this was not okay. I sat down with a car full of people and he just stared at me, touching himself. 
Oh God, is anybody else seeing this? He was right by the door, so if I tried to leave, he would follow me. More stops, more passengers leaving. We were in a deadlock. I couldn't have this man follow me home. So I took a deep breath and said in my head, Okay, Josh, I need your help here. What should I do? Is there any way you can help? The very next stop, two subway police officers got on my exact car, stood in front of me as protectors and he immediately got off. They could have chosen any of the other cars to get onto, but they chose mine. What was initially a worrisome experience evolved into this version of a sign and my instant safety. I eventually moved back home to Arizona, bought a fixer-upper and started to remodel my home and my life. I was finally grieving properly and had rescued a dog named Rue, aka the rooster, who was my companion and protector. One afternoon I was having a lonely pity party for myself, laying on the floor crying with Rooster after a long day of mental and physical exhaustion. I started talking to Josh and I asked him a favour. I was so lonely and missed him so much, so I asked him to find me a partner. I know he would want me to be happy, but I asked for an extremely specific type of man. In hindsight, I laugh at myself, but hey, if I'm asking for my dream guy... Why can't I ask for distinctive characteristics? I asked him to find me a man with brown hair, physically fit, loves the outdoors, travel and dogs. He must be taller than me, have a great sense of humour, not religious but spiritual, educated with a good or promising job and drives a truck. I would love it if he spoke another language fluently and was okay with tattoos. Maybe he had a few himself. This was my preferred list and I left it at that. A couple of years later, I met my husband at an English pub slash restaurant. He has brown hair, is four inches taller than me, was canyoneering every weekend at the time, speaks fluent French, not religious, works in finance, drives a truck and has tattoos on his foot. He loves dogs, is wonderfully funny, is well-traveled and loves to travel. How could this be a coincidence? My list was long and every request was fulfilled. It still blows my mind. How did he give me everything that I asked for? What an amazing soul he is. The ultimate act of love is to take care of your loved ones. My hubby says he's grateful and thankful for Josh bringing us together as he has accepted my story. He's also a kind soul and we keep Josh's photos in our house as part of our family photos. Another pertinent story is that I have the name of my family, Josh, Kate and Ryan, Josh's brother, who took his own life after Josh, tattooed on my back, as part of an intricate abstract design that covers it entirely. Hence, I needed a guy to be okay with that. Anyway, I needed a touch-up, as tattoos do fade and I wanted to add some more flair before an upcoming friend's destination wedding. I decided that this time I wanted to find a female tattoo artist for the job, as my previous artist had moved out of state. I found her at my previous shop, chose her out of a few females there and set up a quick meet-and-greet appointment as this was going to be an ongoing job for the next couple of months. I immediately liked her and felt at ease. We just connected. My whole back needed to be redone, so this is quite the process to invest your time and money in, and I can no longer tolerate hours on end, so we planned weekly appointments lasting two hours at a time. Over time, I stopped listening to music going into my mental pain zone and began chatting and laughing with her while watching Bob's Burgers. On my 10th and last session, it happened to be on my birthday, and she was going over the names. 
Midway through, she stopped and said, I never told you this, but I'm quite sensitive. I feel I must ask you some questions and read your cards after we are done. Now, I'd never really explained the tattoo. She just thought it was family names, as everything is written phonetically in Japanese to keep my business private. I've had this spirit with me for the last day and he's now coming forward. Do you know anyone that's passed away from bone cancer? I sighed a happy sigh. Well, actually, yes, you're tattooing his name right now. We talked about Josh, Ryan and Kate, and then she read my tarot cards. This was five months after my friend Ashley had taken her life after a long battle of drugs and alcoholism. While reading my cards, the artist started crying and Ashley came through. She whispers, it's not me. And I said, I know. Prior to her passing, Ashley would cry and cry while in a self-sedated state of pain over her life. She refused to get clean or to get help and we all knew she was in trouble. Unfortunately, I was not exactly surprised when I received the news. I realised that Josh had brought her here today, ever the stand-up guy, as they previously knew each other, for her opportunity to reach out. She was sorry and was just done, but also wanted to express that she had no regrets, which I thought was quite an interesting and important message for her to convey and quite fascinating. Do all suicides regret it? Apparently not. Fast forward to this year, which prompted me to write to you. Love never dies. I was working in the garden picking up weeds and dog poop when all of a sudden there was a single white rose laying in my yard. It was from a store, still wrapped as if someone had just tossed it over my fence. What's strange is that I didn't hear anyone outside my fence, and I hadn't seen it earlier. But poof, there it was when I was wrapping up my duties. I picked it up perplexed. Honestly, I haven't thought about the white rose promise as it's been 20 years since he passed. 20 years. I was walking back to the kitchen to find a proper vase when it hit me. But still, who would throw a single white rose into my yard? Nobody was around. Could it really be? I could easily brush this off, but the rose did not behave like most flowers. I usually like to have fresh flowers on my kitchen island, so I'm well versed in the life cycle of fresh cut flowers, but this rose was different. It was a little wilted at first, then became bursting with life, with water and air conditioning. It bloomed and then froze in time. Most flowers wilt and droop. If you want to try and preserve a flower, it needs to be hung upside down to dry, which I had done with a previous bouquet from Josh until it finally crumbled to dust. This rose dried itself upright into perfection and still sits on my kitchen counter today. I just could not believe it. A few months later, I met with a somewhat famous local medium. Now, I, like you, have seen a few terrible psychics and had basically written them off. But after my positive, unsolicited tattoo experience and the recommendation from my sister-in-law, I took the chance. It took four months for an appointment seemed legit and was already made prior to receiving the rose. Before the appointment, I sat in my car and cleared my head and told Josh, mention the rose if it's from you. Well, the reading was the best I have ever received and filled me with joy. Yes, she mentioned the rose out of nowhere, a necklace I wear that has Kate's and Josh's names 
and confirmed that Josh was caring for my dogs that have passed, including Rooster, as I asked him to do so. I also found out that Josh's sister also has a dog named Rooster, interestingly enough. Kate also came through in her true high-energy verse. My grandmother, and again Ashley, who is still healing but no longer crying and still has no regrets. Now, I am by no means a proponent for suicide, but thought for those of us that know someone who has, which feels like everybody knows somebody these days, to give them a sense of calm and understanding. Perhaps their loved ones are also healing on the other side and are at peace with their decision. And to never forget that love never dies. Jenny. Written and sent on the 20th of August. Josh's birthday. Jenny, this is such a beautiful story and thank you for taking the time to sit down and write it because I recognise and understand. And that same goes for everybody, you know, when you're writing about people who you've lost I'd imagine it's it's quite hard to sit down and put all these stories together and sit down and physically write it and revisit that time of your life. So thank you. There's sort of very little I can say about these stories that I haven't said a thousand times before. But it is so beautiful to know that people continue to write in and have experiences where their loved ones are looking after them from the afterlife, whatever that looks like. And to be able to say, hey, I've gotten these signs I've been looked after and I guess it's another one of those stories that kind of highlights the fact that you can ask for things sometimes you might get exactly what you want like a tall man that's fluent in French and other times it might take a while and it might come in a form that you didn't quite expect but if it brings you comfort and if it brings you joy and brings you a sense of peace and looks after you then that's what's important. I will say as well for the purpose of this story that Jenny sent in pictures of the white rose and it honestly, it looks like an ornament. Like it looks like somebody has bought it and it's been designed to look that way. It I it baffles me that it's a real rose that has just naturally dried out in that way. And I hope finally that if there are people listening, of course there are people listening who have lost people to suicide I know that everybody's experience is completely different. I personally, thankfully, haven't had experience with losing somebody to suicide. And I can't imagine what that feels like. But I do hope that perhaps somebody listening has taken some comfort that maybe the person that they have lost is healing on the other side. Thank you so much to Jenny for sending in your stories and thank you for listening. Remember, the last story came from August the 20th, 2023. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.